Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project Podcast. Today, I'm with Jeannie Spiro. Jeannie is a business strategist specializing in helping women coaches, visionaries, and experts create a lifestyle business with more ease, income, and impact. Using her burnout to bliss method, she helps them create a business model, revenue streams, and sales funnel that allows them to achieve multiple six or seven lifestyle businesses they love. After achieving a multiple six-figure business, Jeannie hit extreme burnout. Repeating the same patterns again and again, she finally decided to break the cycle by redesigning her entire business. Within weeks of her redesign, she doubled her income by working half the time. As a result, she's taken her exact process and now helps other women design, monetize, and grow a highly profitable business that complements their life. When not working with clients, you can find Jeannie enjoying yoga, the beach, and as much time with family as possible. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Monica and everyone. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh my gosh. Well, and I love this piece about achieving a multiple six or seven lifestyle businesses they love. Tell me more about that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, I have to say that there's so much hustle and grind that goes into building a business and there's a lot in in achieving six figures that by the time some people get to six figures, they're sort of out of love with their business and they're sort of, I don't know, just overwhelmed and exhausted. And I like to try to help people stop that hustle and grinding either to get to that level or when they've moved past it, because there's something about it that doesn't have to be so hard and we've made it hard. And we want, why are we doing this? Because we want to have a really rich life that we love, right? Yeah. So it's important. So the business burnout. So a couple things come up when I think about the burnout. One of the things I think about is kind of the, the insane work ethic that you know, we, we seem to try to maintain. And there's kind of like this almost hyper masculine energy to it where it's like drive, drive, drive. Like I remember being raised to kind of be like nose to the grindstone. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to go back and tell or share something that I had this revelation on for myself. And it was a few years back. I remember my mom in you know, it was women's lib when I was growing up. And I remember my mom going through this for herself and realizing I can work. I don't have to be home with the kids. There's so many more things that I can do. But then the next generation, you know, the children that were raised from women who were <laughs> going through that process, I noticed not only myself, but other women who are my age, we were working really, really hard because we had all these opportunities that we also dove very deeply into our masculine because we could accomplish so much. And some of those patterns that we might've established in corporate that, you know, when we were kind of climbing the ladder in corporate, we brought into our businesses and I see it it, all the time. Uh, This, this was something that I brought in for myself, this kind of work hard, hustle hard, do more. And it was, I think it was kind of like we had this freedom to do all of these things and explore so much and achieve so much. And it was like, let's do it all. Yeah. yeah, And it also, uh, what comes up is kind of like this proving energy, like, cause I know that's true for me where it almost was, uh, I remember kind of thinking, uh, probably subconsciously, because I don't think anybody ever kind of really pointed to, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl. There was some kind of inferred message that like I needed to somehow prove myself in, in the, in the world of men or, or what felt like the world of men. I did too. And I also worked in a male dominated industry and I felt that extra pressure as well. So there were very few women that were in my role. And so I was always competing. I was also in a sales position. So I was competing for business and then I was competing 
because I was a woman and I always felt like it was like I'm pushing and pushing and I did more and more and more all the time, sort of to keep up, I think, in, in a way. What got you to the point where you changed all of that? Oh my gosh. Okay. So you would think that I would have learned and I don't know why it takes us so many lessons, (laughs) (laughs) but it is like that for us, right? So I had, I was super mom. I was super coach because I was coaching my kids in soccer. I was the superwoman with this business. I was this overachiever. And one day uh, at work, my boss, who was my mentor, collapsed and died on the job. And I, a whole series of things happened. And it was one of the most devastating things that ever happened. And as I was going through the process of sort of healing through that, I was looking at my own, my own burnout, what I was doing, how I was working. And so I scaled back. Uh, I made a decision to make some changes in my life and I scaled back and I sort of rebuilt. And then eventually I started building my own business. And you'd think that I would have learned once, <laughs> but I didn't. It took me another time of getting to the point of burnout mm-hmm. to figure out that I had to make some changes again. It's so true. I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking like, yep, check, right? It had to almost happen a few times for me to really get that I was hitting the same wall uh, for the same reasons. Absolutely. Yes. It it was like, I didn't learn it the first time and I had to have it come up again. But the second time that it came up, it was even more powerful than the last one. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. This is something that carried over from my corporate days. So I used to think, oh, getting out of corporate, the grass was going to be easier and greener. And I was going to have this lifestyle business and I was going to create my own hours. But the problem was I carried so many of the things over from the way I had been working in corporate. And I didn't know that I needed to change them. So I kept hitting that same wall in business. It wasn't until I realized I need it was me that needed to, to, to change, not that I had to change my environment entirely or that position in order for the, for life to change. I had to be the one to change. Yeah. Well, and I, I think about, you know, what you just shared about the death of your so he was your partner or your boss? Yeah, he was my boss. He was my mentor. And I worked closely with him. So this is back in the day, you know, you're IMing and, you know, it was, um, we weren't texting, but late at night, I would be working on a project. And so we would be going in to see an account the next day and I would be preparing the presentation or the documents or making sure the analysis was right. So we would be working till one in the morning, many, many days a week. And we'd be IMing or emailing back and forth, but I'm keeping the same schedule. Granted, I was quite a bit younger and he was the age I am right now with four children. And he had a lot of stress, the stress of the business and all these other things that were going on in his life. Press, you know, press like (laughs) everything, probably parenting stresses and everything else. And when he passed, I started to realize I could go down that same path. Yeah. Like what a wake up call. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's true that when we talk about kind of revealing uh, the things that work or don't work about business, one of the hardest things to kind of create as it relates to business, especially those of us with an entrepreneurial spirit, is kind of this balance with work and uh, non-work and really creating some boundaries between the two. How do you, how do you encourage women to kind of work with boundaries? Oh my gosh, this is one of the hardest parts. I, I was just talking to someone um, about this this morning as well in a, in a call, and it, this comes down to we think it's about time, we think it's about structure, but it's really about setting limitations and making some internal decisions about what we can and what we do and don't want and how we want people to treat us. And so in boundary setting, oftentimes what I do is I'm teaching them how to find their own voice in creating this boundary for what they want. So let's just take, for example, I have, I have a client who right now is, is trying to figure out how to work better from home and is in a home-based environment and their, their partner also runs a business from home. And so there's this, well, when should I work and when should you work and what space should I work in and what space should you work in? And so she was always acquiescing to her partner and 
I was saying, I think this is really a conversation the two of you need to have together. The 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 point that you keep going is backward. Like uh, I'm just going to step back instead of let's meet where you both need to be in order to make this arrangement better. And that was really hard for her. Yet she was extremely powerful and profitable in her business, but she was having a hard time with this having this conversation and setting this boundary and making it work for both of them. Well, and I love that you are using kind of this word voice. It's like this idea of our words create worlds. And I really do believe that, you know, because I've seen it in myself, this, that I can kind of be this powerful, you know, visionary out in the world as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, wearing the many different hats. And then when it comes to actually asserting my needs, uh, l- let me say it that way, I used to really, really struggle with giving myself full permission to say what it was that I needed and required, you know, in order to kind of work in a way that worked for me, for my family. And same thing, like I was always acquiescing. I was always kind of like suppressing that that voice inside. And so I would constantly feel exhausted and taken advantage of. I know. And repeat the same cycle, right? Again yes. and again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think when it comes to the business landscape in the world, we are seeing a lot of change. Like I know that, and I'd love to hear uh, what you're seeing, but I'm seeing a tremendous kind of shift in how we do business. And I'm seeing so many more. It feels like heart-centered, female-owned businesses who are kind of just showing up everywhere right now. Are you seeing the same? I am. I am seeing that. I'm seeing that this is a time for women to step in and really take ownership of the space, the entrepreneurial space, but doing it in a way that is coming from both the masculine and feminine side. So there's a balance to it. And I've always known that I have a lot of masculine energy and a lot of masculine strengths. So I always think like the strategic side of me is super, super masculine and I'm very structured in a lot of ways. But the intuitive side of me, the more feminine side of me was sort of asleep at the wheel for a long time. And what I'm loving and seeing is that this blend of both is happening more and more and I'm seeing it in myself. I'm also using it more than ever, that that side of me, the intuitive side of me and blending it in. And I'm seeing that happen more and more in business. And we are we make incredibly smart decisions from that intuitive side. And I think we need more of that energy. I'm thrilled to see more women coming into that space, not just using their masculine energy in the space, but using the blend of masculine and feminine. Well, and I think it's so true that business as usual is not working anymore. And I agree with you. I really feel so strongly that the way that we've been doing business is unsustainable. And I think that as more women kind of model what it means to bring in and balance that kind of masculine and feminine energy. And kind of to go back to boundaries for a minute, I may be incorrect on this, but I believe boundaries is kind of like a, is a really actually strong, positive, masculine energy attribute. Mm -hmm. And actually when women have a hard time setting boundaries, it kind of ends up being in the realm of their shadow stuff, almost like the shadow, the shadow feminine needs to actually assert its like right itself. And I'm not sure again how that works, but I think that this there's something true for looking at this through almost like an antidote. Well, if what's missing for me and my business is boundaries, how can I kind of look through the lens of masculine and feminine energy and kind of see what that opposite positive energy could bring to balance that out? Absolutely. I love kind of looking at that. That has been super helpful to me. I also know that that you are really working with a lot of different women in a lot of different types of business. And I wanted to know kind of what you're seeing that women are coming to the table with 
in terms of what they're designing and how they're monetizing a successful lifestyle business? What are some of the types of businesses that you're seeing be, be successful? Um, I'm seeing so many, and this is the joy I have of doing the work that I do. So this is such a great question. I would say in the beginning, I used to see a lot of the same types of businesses, very co- kind of cookie cutter models. But now what's happening is women are becoming a little bit more creative in the design of their business so that can blend with the lifestyle that they want. So an example, I see a lot of like what I call more hybrid types of business models where it's not just... I'm only going to focus on selling a product. They are focusing on selling, let's say, a course as part of their business model, or they might be taking a taking that and turning it into a group program and interacting with people or working with people one-on-one or developing a mastermind or something out of that. And then I see some people that are only course-based because that's how they want to work and it meets their needs and their businesses and their lifestyle and their family. And And there's every variation in between because the beauty of this is when you get to a point of really examining how you want to work and how you want to serve and marry it with how you want to live and the experiences you want to have, there's not necessarily one, a one size fits all approach. I think it sort of should be customized and that's always been my feeling. So I get to see a variety of them. If you could say, oh, there's one that's on the rise more so than others. Well, I would say if if I was going to put into a category, it's the leveraged type of business model, something that allows people to not be heavily into only working with people one-on-one because that's, you know, it's a cap on your time and a cap on your income. There's a variety of what can happen in that leverage space past that that's, that, that I'll call is like the business model that there's so many derivative of. So Jeannie, when you, when you are working with women, are, do you find, because this is kind of something that, that I often notice, that one of the things that is a struggle, I think, for women at first is this idea of actually investing in a business coach or investing in programs that are going to increase their capacity for actually more freedom, more streamlining, more scalability. Yes. It seems counterintuitive, right? To make certain investments, like you're going to spend more money or do more things to create this lifestyle type of business. But what's what I see is happening a lot of is, I think I mentioned this before, a lot of people are moving they, they move from this constant, you know, uh, one activity to the next activity and that spaghetti on the wall sort of approach. Let's just see what's going to happen. And then somehow along the way, things start to click and they start to work. And then you pick up spa- um, pace and you keep going and going and going. And then you reach a point where you're like, wow, I've made money. I'm doing well. But what happens is after that, then women... I think, start to realize, well, wait a minute, I don't want to work nearly as hard as I was working before. I need to figure out how to work smarter and differently, but they're used to doing things a certain way. So hiring a coach or having someone see, teach them or show them there's a different way or help them pull that out of them to figure out what matches what they want at that stage is key for two reasons. One, because sometimes you can't see it, right? You can't see it for yourself. And secondly, there's a lot to lose when you've already designed a business. And if you go about sort of unpacking it the wrong way or building it from a different angle, you could lose money or spend more time or, you know, or, or it could be a whole, it could be another year instead of a couple of months, right? Of getting right. it right. Yeah, yeah. I, I can so see that. And I, I don't think I had actually like looked at it through that point of view before, but that's so, so true. It's like there's so much on the line, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur or you're a mom entrepreneur, you're supporting a family, uh, which I'm seeing a lot of women doing. It's like suddenly that there's like this, there's this really easy way to get in a rut with your business. And then it's like suddenly you're not able to innovate. So, and what comes up, of course, is something like, COVID, the pandemic, and 
and how many of us had to really shift into a whole new way of doing business. So it's this idea of like, there's so many kind of qualities, I think, that go into being a business owner in today's age. And one of those seems to be kind of this ability to remain kind of nimble and flexible. Oh, 1000%. You know, <laughs> let's just take the current environment of, you know, COVID and what we're dealing with as, as women. And, and many of us have already worked from home anyway. But then when you add in, okay, now I've got family here all the time or children that I might be needing to make sure that they're getting the work done. Or in some cases, some children now are becoming homeschooled by their parents. And so there's this, wait a minute, the lifestyle business that I created was designed around these factors, these knowns. And now you have this unknown and you have you know, like how long are the children going to be here? How long is it going to be before we can sort of get back to some normalcy? And so it makes it a little bit more challenging to create this sort of known structure of a business and what you're doing when you have these unknowns come up. But what the way I see it is if you have the core in place, meaning you know what your values are, you know that if it's important for you to have a business that allows you more time with your family, then you know that, okay, so we've had this disruption and this isn't exactly pleasant, but you know at the root of it, you still are prioritizing your family, then okay, some of your decisions can be made off of that. Uh, and I think it makes it easier to then stay in alignment with what your goals are to continue being you know, to having a lifestyle business and still being profitable. I'd love for you to share kind of an example and using yourself because mm -hmm. so much of your business was exactly that. It was it was actually structured very differently than it is now. Totally. It was. Yes. So, you know, the funny thing about it was for a really long time, I was using a lot of my energy to and 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 sort of putting myself out there and marketing myself as this coach that was specializing in using events and speaking as core strategies to generate leads and get clients and build your business and, and create revenue. And when the pandemic came along, I was no longer able to get out on stages or host events or teach people that. So not only did like the main way that I was teaching people how to market their business go away. <laughs> my way of also generating sales and more exposure in my business went away. So I went back and I had to take a look at, well, what is still, what is it that I'm really good at? Was it that I was really strong in these areas? Yes, I, I, I definitely believe it. But those became not just the way I was leading, it became a part of my business. And what I realized was how I could lead, which was the same thing all the time. It was always, I was helping people create revenue and tie it to want, you know, a lifestyle type of business. So I just was sort of putting one foot out instead of the other. And now I'm switching feet, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm kicking with my left foot as opposed to my right, if that makes sense. Well, it does. But it's also occurring to me that there must have been a certain level of freak out <laughs> when you realized totally. that not only did you have to shift your entire business, but to help gosh, how many women do you coach at this point? Like 50, 60 women and help them pivot their business, maybe more? Yeah, because I was running programs at the time. I was helping people run an event at the time. I was coaching one-on-one -on -one and then my, my mastermind and my group programs. So everybody at that point, two things happened. One, some people ended up doing exceptionally well. Like the pandemic made their business just take off. And then other people, it had the complete opposite effect. And in my role as a coach to try to help the people whose businesses were taking off, I was trying to help them not work so hard that they were compromising everything that they were working for to have this lifestyle business. And then on the opposite side, I was trying to help all the other women like figure out what they were going to do, how they were going to pivot. And during that time, I started working exceptionally hard. So I, it wasn't like I, my business collapsed overnight. I ended up 
experiencing the same thing that that first group of people went through too. A lot of work, a lot of burnout. Monica, I was working so hard. I was, I was barely sleeping and I was experiencing my own burnout. And that's when I realized, wait a second, this has to change. I can't, I'm not doing this this way. And that's when I came up with my process. This is what's most important and how we make, make decisions to create a lifestyle business under any circumstance. Well, in my understanding, because this these are messy, messy times for everybody. So as much as we can might look at somebody we admire and think like, oh my gosh, you know, like she's just such an amazing entrepreneur, we all have our mess, right? When it comes to things that are out of our control that really kind of push us away out of our comfort zone to kind of innovate. And I what I want to point to is is you also have a business coach, correct? Yes. I'm starting to really recognize anytime I meet somebody, a woman in business, I'm like, who's your coach? And if she's like, I don't have one, I'm like, no, don't do it, right? Like you have to have a business coach. It's just mm-hmm. like when I think of how many years I went without it, because it's true what you say, like you're so close to it, you can't see it. And there's so much sometimes on the line that, you you tend to kind of stick to what you know, even when it's not working anymore. So there's this, yeah, there's this idea of even the coach needing a coach. Oh, I'm so glad you bring this up because a lot of people don't ever want to like out their coach, right? Or out that they have a coach, right? And they're like, oh, I did this all on my own or but that, that's actually not really the case. Most of us have gotten here because we've had support from other people to, to get us there. There. And I want to just address this because what I've noticed in my years of business is every time I've been without a coach, I have not made strides. Like something has happened where I'm like, wow, I'm really stuck or I can't move through this. My decision making, it's almost like it's like it shuts off completely. Whereas when I'm working with a coach, I'm able to process things that I might not necessarily be able to process with my husband or my friends or, or clients, right? I can't process those through. And the only other thing I want to say about coaching is every year I choose to try to work with someone who can help me develop an area of my business that I, I'm not developed in. So last year I worked with a copywriter and she was my coach for a whole year. And you would think, well, why would, why would a business coach who's teaching people how to generate revenue want to hire a, a copywriter as their coach? Well, I wanted to learn how to improve how I was communicating my messaging, my copy, who I was attracting. I wanted to get better at writing and better at copy. It was the most amazing experience for me to add that in to because there was business strategy in that and launch strategy and conversion strategy around that. And it was an area of business that I hadn't developed and saw it as a weakness that I wanted to improve. And that's what I encourage my clients to look for is where are you weak in an area that you want to improve? And that's where you definitely want to be able to hire someone. Right. It's so true because then you can just kind of now I'm, I'm picturing like a snowball, right? It's like you, you just merge with kind of that new capability and you start to bring that then into your skill set to strategize. Now you know you can strategize with copy and use that copy in more strategic ways to reach your ideal client. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. In the same way, okay, that I didn't know what I didn't know about being an entrepreneur, okay, and I'm going to raise my hand and say that I wear probably, I don't know, 17 different hats sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm holding up my hand like I'm confession. I'm, I'm you know, like completely addicted to all of these ways that I love to serve because it's, it's for me, just like you said, I have kind of a, a skill set across a, a broad range of things. And it's, and it certainly keeps me interested, but it also can sometimes mean that I am going to hit burnout way before I should, really. And one of the things that I had a huge insight around, thanks to you, was hire a VA. And a virtual assistant is what kind of brought me this big aha, like this huge revelation that all of these things, all of this brain power that I was spending my time and energy doing that were taking tons of mind share, right? Because I would have to send an email out. Oh, did I, did I follow up with that? Like I didn't have processes in place in order to kind of keep things moving along. Mm -hmm. So 
In that same way, there's ways in which you coach people where you start to identify where are they struggling? Where are they having their biggest challenges? And then of course you make recommendations. But where would you say most women should hire a coach? Like at what point do they need to hire a business coach at the very beginning when they're in in concept? Okay, so I'm gonna probably put myself out of business on this one. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but or I'm gonna get some uh, backlash. But so here's my philosophy on this. I ha- so back when I started my business, I was working full time and I had kids, and again, I was super momming and super everything, and I knew the fastest path to get me to what I needed to know wasn't to, to take courses. It wasn't to, uh, to be in group programs. It was to work directly with someone who could help me learn what I need to learn, right? I identified that gap and knew what I was looking for. And I hired someone one-on-one. And in some cases, I think that's important, especially when you're time starved or you're like, I'm real, I know what I want and I need to get there quickly. That's when it really makes sense in that sort of, I call the more emerging stage of business when you're sort of in that growth pattern, you want might want someone. But in other cases, I think when some people are saying, you know, I'm don't have a lot of money to invest, but I have more time. It might be more like in the beginning stage, they're not going to hire someone one-on-one. They're going to take more courses than group programs, and they're going to use that for their basis of learning. However, some people complement or, or use both to complement each other. And I did a combination of the two. Where I think the rubber meets the road though, and is most important is a couple of places. One is, let's just say that emerging business owner has some traction in their business, is making some money, but they're not hitting the revenue that they want. They can't figure out why that's not happening. That's one area. I'm like, well, that's a that's a red flag. You, you've, been, you've been at this for a while. You're making some money. You've got some traction, but you're nowhere near. Like you're so far from the gap to, you know, like there's such a big gap from where you are, where you want to be. You need some one-on-one strategy or someone to help you evaluate. The other one is that person who is saying, you know what? I've made it to six or multiple six figures or maybe even seven figures. And there's no way I could possibly grow my business the same way. Like I can't do what I did to this next time around. I don't have the energy. I don't have the the bandwidth, the time. There's just no way I want to do that to figure out how to double, triple, quadruple my income, that's when they're going to need someone to come in and evaluate their business again and look at these things like you were talking about before, where are the gaps in their business that need to be filled and what strategy needs to be laid on top in order for them to get there next. Those are the places I really believe. Well, that's really where I work mostly. And the third piece, and I'm just going to add this in, is I also work with a lot of people in that burnout phase that have been growing and climbing and they're exhausted in that process to get to multiple multiple six or seven figures. And it's just, there's like a burnout element that's happened. I actually work with those people as well to fix the burnout and then build the business. How do you do that, Jeannie? Like, give me an example. Yeah. So (laughs) that's when I'm really having them honor themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's when the thing that they need most is not necessarily business strategy. That's when I come in and I start talking some life coaching strategy and I build some of that in. So a perfect example is I had a client some time ago. She had hired me to help her get to a million dollars. She was working 80 hours a week easily. Everything about her business was, it it was like there was fires everywhere in the business. And she's like, I want to make more money. And I said, you're not going to be able to make more money until we put out the fires. And so where we put the fires out first were, we looked at her time and how she was spending it and how she was refueling her energy. And that was the same thing with me. I didn't have the energy to put into strategy. So I had to I had to build the energy back up. I had to rest. I had to relax. I had to meditate. I had to start doing some yoga. I gave myself about six or so weeks. I mean, I went outside and I listened to the birds every morning. And I was like, oh, this is what this is about. And so I was giving her these types of exercises. Like, oh, you mean this? Uh, this is like relaxing. Yeah. Well, and I'm laughing because I can so relate, right? It's like, oh, it's like the first time I felt like true joy. I'm like, oh, this is what this is about, you know? Yeah. 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 It, it seems, oh. it seems so obvious, yet it's like the last thing we do. 
It is absolutely. And especially as women, and if we have, if we're mothers in particular, it's always the last thing that we do. But even as business owners, it's hard. So I gave somebody else the exercise of today, you're going to go to the beach and you're going to put your feet in the sand. And she's like, really, aren't you going to tell me that, you know, what the secret is to make my next hundred thousand dollars in my business? She said, yes, I will, but not until you go and put your feet in the sand. And then you come back to me and you tell me what you heard, what, what is most important? What's your next step? When you come back to me and you tell me, what should I be focused on? She came back to me and she's like, oh, now I hear what you were trying to tell me about what I should be working on with the business strategy. Now I see how that strategy you told me is going to help me make an extra hundred thousand dollars, but she didn't have any space. She couldn't see it. She couldn't. Yeah. It's that full cup syndrome. It's like, you can't take any more liquid in. You can't, nothing, nothing can inform you because there's no space. Yes. Right. <laughs> Right. It's right. It, 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 so, yeah, I just, it's so true. It's so, so true. So here's my next question, Jeannie. What, what do you think? Because I know for a fact that most women who work with you, they, they don't necessarily have, it's not like they went to school for business. They don't, they're not necessarily coming to you with an MBA. Right. I, I mean, most women, I would say most female entrepreneurs that I know didn't come with a business degree. And I'm wondering what what percentage of women you work with that had an MBA or come to the table with that kind of learning and if it matters. Oh, some of my <laughs> some of my clients that have been hardest to coach have been the most educated or <laughs> not most educated but most they've had the most degrees and it's mostly it's mostly because they're, I mean, they're very, very smart, but they haven't necessarily had the degrees in business or the, the the business experience. And it's not because I'm saying there's any knock against having degrees. I think it's amazing to have it. But where I think that sometimes it's better is that we just get into it and start doing it. And the experience of running a business can, and then marrying it to what we know and what we've learned, marry that together, it can make us really do well. So percentage-wise, I would say most of the people that I've worked with do not have a business degree or an MBA. They're like me. They've figured it out. They've hustled and grind the whole way up to where they are. And yeah. And I'm making up that they do have similar characteristics or qualities or values. So what would you say that those characteristics are? Oh my gosh. So... They're so passionate about what they do. They love who they work with. They are, they're very heart centered. You know, there's the mission driven person, the heart centered person, but, you know, they're driven by wanting to make a bigger difference in the world, Mm. also a bigger difference in their, their home and their future and for their families. I, I have a lot of women who come to me and say, you know, I'm doing this because I want my children to see me. And know, or one of the reasons I'm doing this is because I want them to see me and know that I've worked really hard for something I'm passionate about and making a difference in this world. And I love that because I, that's I'm very much like that. I believe every single woman that I can help make a difference on this planet and make a difference even in their own family and in their own financial future, I've accomplished something. So my clients are much like that. Yeah. And this next question that I want to ask, I'm not sure I've formulated the question exactly. So bear with me, but it's around money, value, and worth. Because, and the reason I want to ask this question is because I think it's true. I'm not, I don't want to generalize, but I think it's true that many of us, money is kind of the last thing we think about. And I know that that's not necessarily true when it comes to the women that you're coaching. But what I would say about that is that you have this beautiful way of really kind of helping women understand money from that standpoint of you're worth it, your work and what you do is worth the right. Like I look at money as like an, a a currency of energy, a trade energy for energy. And it's it's this idea that you really infuse 
this idea of income with a tremendous amount of spirit, a tremendous amount of soul. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I have a strong belief on uh, in, in how we see money. And so for me, it took a long time to be able to, to see that connection, my worth, my value, money, this whole formula. And I think it was tied to me being having an underlying fear. And I see this a lot. Uh, you know, some people have a fear of success. Some people have a fear of failure. Some people have a, a connection to money where it's not going to be there when they become successful, or it's going to be hard to make. And I think that there's a lot of stories that we tell ourselves about money. And what I've seen personally, as I've developed, and I think that we have to develop a relationship with money and how we see ourselves making money, and once I started doing this very simple exercise that my uncle taught me, I started seeing money differently and my worth differently. Uh, he basically, when I was when I had quit my job several years back, and I was very afraid that I was not going to be successful in my business because I was only good at making money, or I thought I was only good at making money one way. He encouraged me to every day, and this sounds a little wasteful, and maybe it is, but <laughs> he would encourage me to go and turn the faucet on and watch the mon- watch the water come out and pretend that it was money. And he said, I want you to imagine that money is always abundant. It's always there. It's always going to be there just like water. As long as we're protecting the earth, money is going or water is going to be there. And so is money for you. And as soon as I started like doing these visualizations and doing these actions and seeing that I could, I, I could make money in a different way and it was always going to be there. I've never worried about it again. And I've been able to ask questions of myself when I've come up, when I bumped up against it. And there've been times when I've said, now it's time to charge a new price or, or bump up to another income level for myself. And I'm like, oh, what am I coming up against? Where, what is this? That's what, what questions do I need? to ask, what exercises do I need to go through in order to get through that next hurdle, to see my worth, to see my value, to charge that that income. So it's an ongoing process for me and something I think for other women too, but I keep moving through it every step of the way. Yeah. Well, I'm really also hearing that a lot of personal growth is is available kind of as we develop our business. I know that's true for me because it's it's true that, you know, we kind of hit a certain plateau or a certain uh, point where we've we've kind of done it as well as we know how mm-hmm. and or really need to kind of like take a step back and reevaluate based on how our life has changed and you know, need to lean in and really be in an ongoing self-inquiry as it relates to to business. Like I find myself checking in often, like, am I fulfilled? Is this working for me? Do I feel energized or do I feel like I'm being sucked of my energy and starting to really notice which tasks or which clients or which business yes. is is kind of sucking from me and then making before too much time goes long, comes along making an adjustment because I I kind of have started to recognize when it's time to shift that before it becomes kind of too, too much for me to manage. Yeah. You're asking questions. And I think that that's exactly what I'm doing. And I love that you do because it's a part of this process. You know, it all goes back to this lifestyle business concept of just what you said, is this is working this way or working with this individual, or is this the type of work that I want to be doing within this manner? Is this meeting, like, is this fulfilling to me? Is this taking too much time? Is this draining me? Is this not what I'm excited about or light, lights me up? It's all connected. And the money piece too. It's like, I remember when I said I was so driven for a long time, I'm going to make a million dollars. But then all I could see was the only way that I could make a million dollars was to work really, really hard or to have a very complicated business model. And then I gave up on, I have to make a million dollars. And then I said, how do I really want to work? And and who do I want to work with? And how do I want to make the impact? And then what am I charging for the value of what I can provide? Because I thought, well, what is it that I can do? I can help someone get to a million dollars without a problem. Like basically, I know exactly what to do. I don't even have to break a sweat to talk strategy around that. And so what's the value of that? And how many people do I need to work with in order to make that impact that meets my needs? 
So I started having those, playing with those questions myself. And I I invite people to do that for their business when they think about how they want to work and how much money they want to make and, and all of those types of questions are very important. Well, and this idea that you can ask yourself the questions and kind of dare to dare to put it out there and let that kind of lead you that yes, that for me to dare to want, you know, a certain amount of income or start to actually sit down and list all of the things I want to be able to do with more income. Like for me, that means obviously not right now, but more travel, more philanthropy. There's so many. One of the things I've really identified recently is one of the biggest reasons I want to earn more money is to actually invest in other entrepreneurs and their ideas because I'm seeing so much innovation, so much, so many women who are, are who are coming forward and men. Um, mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't want to exclude men here, but so many women who are kind of showing up with really amazing, innovative solutions to some long-term problems. And to go back to kind of what you were saying about this masculine and feminine energy, that's where that creativity, that intuition, uh, some of those some of those feminine energies that again are within both male and female. But I think the more we allow those energies to inform us, the more we're kind of able to become inspired. And that's where I kind of turn into talking a little bit more about kind of the spirit of business and how how kind of you were pointing to it before that passion. Tell me where where does kind of this idea of spirit or soul show up in your business? <laughs> so I always think about this as what is the compass or what's the North Star? What's going to get you out of bed in the morning to keep working and doing what you're doing? And so maybe that's the soul too. And I remember in the beginning, what fueled me is very different than what fuels me now. The What fuels me at this time is really saying, what is the legacy that I want to leave? Mm. What's important to me now? As opposed to before it was, I need to make enough money to replace my income. And that was what fueled everything and all of my actions. Now it's setting myself up and setting my family up for the future and the legacy that I want to leave behind and the ripple effect that I'm creating, that's the soul of this business for me is knowing there's something about me when I get up every day that when I'm thinking about who I'm touching and who I'm working with, that I'm not just working with one person, one business owner. The work we do is impacting thousands and millions of people. And that's what fuels me and gets me excited. I love how beautifully audacious it is to hear that word legacy and have it actually occur for me as like, right, like, wow, for the longest time, I don't think women, we may not have allowed ourselves to think in those terms, but I think we're beginning to start to recognize that it's time to reclaim own it, shine it, right? Um, And really dare to be our brightest selves. And in that, we're able to actually think about more of kind of these longer term impacts that we want that we want to make on the world, our history versus kind of the way it's always been. Because back to like business as usual is not working. And so I really, I've really adored this conversation and I honor the work that you do in the world. I think that, you know, the more the more women who are out there listening that really want to dare to kind of start thinking differently, especially if COVID has, you know, really challenged the way that you have worked or collected a paycheck or you know you've started to notice that the you know just just being at home in this way during this time has started to actually reveal yeah maybe I don't want to be working you know from 9 to 5 every day and clocking in maybe there's another way to do this and i think that we're all kind of starting to look at and question how we've been living and kind of the insanity of how we've been living and how we can start to be more intentional and more creative about how we want to create an income stream or a product or a service that's more aligned with the truth of who we are. Yeah. You hit the nail right on on the head there, Monica. And I'm just going to add this one piece to that is a lot of business owners have had 
the pandemic come in and sort of that's this, this wall, like you're bumping up against to against all of a sudden and saying, you know what? I don't want to work like I was working anymore. And I might not even want to be doing what I'm doing in that business any longer. It's time for a redesign or a reinvention. It's time for me to work differently and enjoy my life more. And in some ways, I'm seeing that there's honesty to that, as opposed to before it was kind of like, well, don't complain because you're successful or well, it's it's working, right? Like in, in air quotes, it's working. And so just keep going. Well, this time has actually allowed all of us, every business owner that I know, to look in the mirror and say, is this really what I want? Or is this how I really want it to be? And I think to me, that's exciting as opposed to, I don't think, yes, there's fear around it, but I think it's also really exciting to think about well, what do I really want to be doing? And how do I want to be serving? And how do I want to be making money? And how do I want to be living as a business owner? So I think it's a it's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> well, the only one saying that. No, I don't think you are. I mean, over and over again in, in these episodes, what's kind of come through really strong is this idea of these disguised gifts that have come with a very challenging, very scary, you know, very devastating for some people time. There's, you know, I think back to the shadow, there's wisdom in this time period. There's wisdom in this kind of falling apart or wisdom in this mess that is COVID. And so, and you know, I'm a big fan of the mess. There's, I always say like, no mud, no lotus. And <laughs> and that for me is just, you know, of course, would I prefer, you know, sunny skies and smooth sailing? Absolutely. But I know my life well enough to know that sometimes we can be faced with the most challenging of circumstances. And when we look back after we've gone through it, it was probably one of the most important pivotal times in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know how I feel about you. I love you to death. I am so you know, thrilled to have had you on the show, Jeannie. And I wanted to give our listeners a way to seek you out. So while we'll have your links in the show notes, I wanted to invite you to also share where they can find you online. Oh, thank you. I I love you to pieces. And I'm so honored that I got a chance to be here too. So absolutely, people can find me online at geniespiro.com on Facebook, geniespiro.com and Instagram at geniespiro.com. So all the way across the board, that's where you're going to find me. All the way across the board. All right. So we will chat soon, Jeannie. And until then, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening, and as always, more to be revealed.